Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 33 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the Gospel of John, chapter 11, in which Jesus makes the most of his time he has left on earth to serve God and keep God first in his life. This includes raising his friend Lazarus from the dead to bring glory and praise to God. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read John chapter 11. Let's get started. Jesus died on the cross when he was about 33 years old. Jesus knew it was God's timing for him to die on the cross. What would you do if you knew you only had a few months left in your life? Jesus knew his life was about to end. At this point of the Gospel of John, Jesus had a short time to live. Jesus discussed the importance of making the most of the time that God gives us to serve God in John chapter 11, verses 7 to 10. The setting is that Jesus was told that Lazarus' friend was sick. Jesus told his disciples that his sickness was not unto death, but was for the glory of God and the glory of the Son of God. Two days later, Jesus told his disciples they were going to Judea again. His disciples pointed out to Jesus that the last time they were there, the Jews were trying to stone him to death. They warned Jesus of the danger. It is at this point that Jesus talks of the value of making the most of one's time. Jesus said to his disciples in John 11, verse 7, quote, Let us go into Judea again, end quote. The disciples said to Jesus, quote, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you. Are you going there again, end quote, John 11, verse 8. Jesus responded in John 11, verses 9 to 10, Quote, Aren't there twelve hours of daylight? If a man walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because the light isn't in him. There's a, only a limited time to do God's will here on earth. This saying of Jesus teaches that, but it also shows that Jesus himself is the light of the world, and the time he has to continue to be the light of the world during his lifetime on earth was coming to an end. Then Jesus told his disciples that Lazarus had died. Thomas, who was one of Jesus' disciples, said to the other disciples, Let us go that we may die with him. Jesus then arrived at the home of Mary and Martha, who were sisters of Lazarus. Mary and Martha were the ones who had sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. When Jesus got there, he found out that Lazarus had been dead four days. He had been in the tomb now for four days. Mary and Martha were home, and they had lots of company of people who were visiting to comfort these two sisters. Martha is then informed that Jesus had arrived. She went out to meet Jesus. Martha told Jesus that if he had been there or here when Lazarus was sick, that Lazarus would not have died. 
She had faith that Jesus could have and would have healed Lazarus if he had been there. Jesus, upon hearing of Lazarus' sickness, tarried two days, but now Lazarus was dead for four days. So if G even if Jesus had left right away, Lazarus would have already been dead. Martha was not expressing disappointment that Jesus did not come right away. She was merely expressing her faith that Jesus could have and would have healed Lazarus if he had been there. But Martha's faith did not stop there, because she also told Jesus that she also knew that God would give to Jesus whatever Jesus would ask of God. So it seems Martha did have the faith that Jesus could, if it was God's will, raise Lazarus from the dead, even though he had been dead for four days. Jesus told Martha that her brother would rise again. That is something Martha firmly believed. She believed that in the last days that there would be a resurrection, and she was not pressing Jesus to do it then and there. She no doubt knew that the Old Testament taught about resurrection. For example, the prophet Daniel records this prophecy in Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Quote, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. End quote. Since Martha was a follower of Jesus, she was aware of some of Jesus' teaching. Jesus said in John chapter 5, verses 26 to 30, quote, For as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. He also gave him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Don't marvel at this, for the hour comes in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge and my judgment is righteous, because I don't seek my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me." Jesus said in John 6.40, quote, This is the will of the one who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. End quote. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 51, quote, most certainly I tell you, if a person keeps my word, he will never see death. End quote. Jesus then says to Martha that he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus says those who believe in Jesus will still live even if he dies. Then Jesus says that those who live and believe in Jesus will not die forever. I would not translate this verse as Jesus saying that those who live and believe in him will never die. I would translate this from the original Greek that those who live and believe in Jesus will by no means die forever, which I think is a more accurate translation than that they will never die. We know that all those living in the time of Jesus died. We know that today all people, Christian or not, die. Jesus then asked Martha if she believes that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and that those who believe in Jesus will still live even if they die. 
and those who live and believe in him will not die forever. Martha said, yes, she believes that. But she also affirmed that she believed Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, who came into this world. After Martha had this conversation with Jesus, she went and got Mary and told Mary that Jesus wanted to speak to her. Mary was still in the house with those who had come to visit her and comfort her in her grief. Those with Mary did not know where she was going. They assumed she was going to go to the gravesite to weep there. They followed her. Mary came to Jesus and fell at Jesus' feet, and she told Jesus that if he had been there, her brother would not have died. Mary was weeping, and the Jews who came to comfort her were weeping too. This affected Jesus emotionally. The World English Bible says this in John chapter 11, verse 33, quote, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews weeping who came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, end quote. What does it mean when the Bible says Jesus groaned in the spirit? The word translated groaned here can mean that Jesus groaned or was deeply moved, but the most likely meaning was that he was angry, which is what this word usually means. The likely meaning here is that Jesus was angry because uh, that is what the word most likely means. We are not told why Jesus was angry about. Was he angry at the weeping of Mary and the Jews weeping with her? Was he angry at their unbelief? Was he angry at the fact that they were undergoing pain and suffering? Was he angry at sin that brought death and suffering to, into the world? Was he disturbed knowing that he too was about to suffer and die? We are not told. It is unlikely he was angry at their unbelief. There is no indication here that Mary lacked any belief in Jesus. The Bible also says Jesus troubled himself. Troubled is an active verb here and not a passive verb. And the word for himself uh, follows the word troubled. Uh, the commentator Linsky thinks Jesus troubled himself to get control of his anger. If this means Jesus was simply troubled, why is this verb not passive instead of active? The immediate action Jesus took with his anger and troubling himself was to focus on the miracle that would glorify God. Jesus asked where they had laid Lazarus' body. They showed Jesus the way. Jesus then wept. The Jews interpreted this as Jesus' love for Lazarus that caused him to weep. Then the Jews then asked, Could not this man who made the blind to see prevented his friend from dying? Jesus responded again with anger in himself. Lazarus was buried in a tomb with a stone rolled in front of the entrance. Jesus told them to roll the stone away. Martha then pointed out that Lazarus would be stinking right now because he had been dead four days. Then Jesus told Martha that didn't he say to her that if she believed she would see God's glory? Martha did believe and was about to see God's glory. Jesus then offered a prayer of thanksgiving to God the Father, that God the Father listens to Jesus. Jesus said this so that when 
Jesus worked the miracle that they would believe that God the Father had sent Jesus. Then Jesus cried out with a loud voice to Lazarus. Jesus said, quote, Lazarus, come out, end quote. John 11, verse 43. Then Lazarus came out of the tomb. His hands and feet were bound with wrappings, and his face was covered with a cloth. Jesus then told them to free Lazarus of his grave clothes and let him go. The result was that many of the Jews who witnessed the resurrection of Lazarus believed in Jesus. Some of them went and told the Pharisees what had happened. We are not told their motives for doing so. Maybe they hoped the Pharisees would believe in Jesus too. Maybe they had questions about this as to whether this could indeed be the Messiah. But the Pharisees did not react with belief in Jesus. In fact, they were troubled. They were troubled and worried that because of this miracle, more people would come to believe in Jesus, and that if enough people would believe in Jesus, then the Romans would take away their place of leadership and take away their nation. Caiaphas, the high priest, had an idea. He thought it would be better for Jesus to die for all the people so the whole nation would not perish. The apostle John saw a deeper meaning in what Caiaphas said. His wording was right, but his reasoning was not. Jesus indeed died for the Jews, but not only for the Jews, but for all people, so that those who believe in Jesus might not perish, but have eternal life. The Jewish leaders began plotting how to put Jesus to death. Thereafter, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went into the country near the wilderness in a city called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. Now the Passover was near, and the people went to purify themselves. They went to the temple to seek for Jesus and wondered if he would show up for the feast of the Passover. The chief priest and the Pharisees commanded that if anyone knew where he was, then they were to report it to them so that they could seize Jesus. What are some main lessons we can learn from this chapter of Scripture? Lesson 1. We should make the most of our opportunities to serve God and bring God glory. We all have limited time and resources, and we should use what time and resources we have to bring glory to God when we can. Lesson 2. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and those who believe in him have the hope of resurrection and to eternal life. And lesson three, we must be careful how we respond to spiritual truth. As a result of Lazarus' resurrection, many believed in Jesus, but the religious leaders reacted in unbelief by plotting to kill Jesus. They were unwilling to give up their power and position to follow Jesus. So they rebelled against God and plotted to kill Jesus, who was God's chosen King and Messiah. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. I encourage you to pray that God will work in the lives of those who hear his word and that people will turn from their sins and become disciples of Jesus Christ. I encourage you to pray that Christians will grow to become better disciples of Jesus Christ. 
I encourage you to pray that God will work through this podcast ministry to bring others to Christ and to strengthen and establish Christians. I also noticed I have added to the website a place for topic, topical Bible studies for reading. Bye for now.